0: This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz.
1: This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report. CO2 sequestration is the next value addition to our financial future. Eminent domain... Don't know that anyone really likes it, but without it we would be missing some roads, airports, electricity, and some other necessary infrastructure that makes our world work. The concept of eminent domain is that it should be used, but sparingly. If the vast majority sees the value in something, then a few intransigent holdouts cannot overrule the consensus. The controversy then becomes, where is consensus triggered to where eminent domain is implemented? In the state of Iowa, there is a utilities board that evaluates projects and decides whether they have met necessary criteria to authorize eminent domain. No project asking for eminent domain is going to get it in this state until they have demonstrated strong support by acquiring voluntary easements from landowners. The number of voluntary easements that will result in the IOB authorizing eminent domain is a gray area. There's no set number that, if reached, automatically triggers approval. We do, however, have past examples from which to go by. Subscribers know that I oppose the Rock Island Clear Line power line as it did not meet my standards for easements and, frankly, the term eminent domain abuse may have originated in my office. There is no set number of voluntary easements that a project has to acquire in order to win approval from the IUB, but we do have some history from past IUB decisions upon which to judge what it takes. The Rock Island only acquired 17% of the easements that it needed from landowners voluntarily, and that fell far short of the kind of support that the IUB required in order to approve eminent domain for the project. The Dakota Access Oil Pipeline, however, acquired 75% of its needed easements voluntarily, and that was enough for the IUB to approve that project. Our property was not on the Dakota Access route, so I have no experience with their easement process. An assumption is then being made that the CO2 pipeline projects will need to get 75% or more of their needed easements voluntarily from landowners in order to get IUB approval for eminent domain for the rest. Personally, I do not see this as a bad system. If a supermajority of landowners approve of a project by giving them a voluntary easement, then the IUB is justified in giving its approval. This is not eminent domain abuse in the context of which I meant when I helped derive the term. It is proper use of eminent domain. State statute says that to acquire IUB approval, that projects must be in the public interest to acquire eminent domain. CO2 pipeline opponents argue that they do not meet that criteria. Not true. As noted in previous reports, the ethanol industry has created more wealth in my half-century experience for the ag economy than any other single industry. The ethanol industry needs CO2 sequestration in order to be able to compete with other energy sources in carbon-sensitive markets. CO2 sequestration would cut the carbon score of ethanol plants roughly in half. The resulting reduced carbon score expands market access for ethanol and becomes a revenue stream for biofuel that flows back to the state in the form of significantly higher farm income. CO2 pipelines would add 30 cents a gallon to the value of ethanol, which would consequently add a dollar a bushel to the value of corn. The public interest would be extremely well served. The federal government wants to reduce carbon output to meet climate goals so much that they've created tax incentives for sequestering CO2. By definition of democracy, the federal government is the public. So then its governance therefore represents the consequential public interest. Any rational analysis of CO2 sequestration overwhelmingly supports it being in the public interest. We have surmised that in order to get IOB approval that a project has to acquire 75% or more of needed easements from landowners voluntarily. That means that in this case, CO2 pipeline projects have to convince a supermajority of landowners that they will meet their criteria for compensation in terms to allow them the access to their property. CO2 pipelines are not the first rodeo, and landowners have learned from past experience with other easements that they have had to represent themselves in the process. Some landowners fear eminent domain. It is the need, however, for CO2 pipeline companies to acquire a supermajority of voluntary easements that is currently giving landowners enormous leverage in the process. Last count tracked by the Utilities Board is that Summit Carbon Solutions, with which I signed an easement, had acquired 66% of the easements they need in Iowa. They know what the IUB threshold is and are working to get there